Welcome, Travelers of the Multiverse, as Fantastic Geek Chronicles What If on Disney+. Plus. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the season-end variant of Pete. <laughs> Hello, season-end Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Here today to talk about season two of What If on Disney+. Plus. Pete, though... At the conclusion of this podcast, we will be setting our sights within the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Echo over there in a galaxy far, far away. Just in the last couple of days, uh, there was some news. Why don't you take us through it? Well, CNN speaking to uh, future Star Wars director, in, in pre-production Star Wars director, Charmaine obed who we've had the great pleasure of being around at uh, the Paley Center uh, when she was speaking with uh, the Ms. Marvel uh, panel there about having directed a couple of the episodes. Um, she uh, said that she was uh, getting ready here and talking about it being 2024. Uh, and it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. And you've already had uh, fools take this out of context. Pete, how many Star Wars movies have there been? Uh, you've got the nine saga movies you've got the two stories at this point do we count the clone wars thing that nah, really I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't count I, it yes yeah, so, so 11 uh pete do you think that star wars can handle having 11 movies directed by men and then one directed by a woman <laughs> i i think it can i i think it it will it will be better off for it um Let's not get lost in the sauce here. This is an Academy Award, a multiple Academy Award winning filmmaker. Yes, they were in documentary. Okay, cue the haters. All right. I am over the moon that this woman uh, is going to direct a Star Wars film and going to direct a Star Wars film that Ray uh, returns in. Okay. But of course, you've had, oh, you know, well, what about Princess Leia? Uh, go back, listen to the quote. I don't know, read it. She's talking about uh, shaping it as a director. Uh, same with the people like, well, what about Kathleen Kennedy ruining this for, you know, last 25 years? Uh, also, producer, okay? Uh, apart from the fact that she's not ruining it, um, there's only so much that the universe uh runner the president of of lucasfilm does as far as shaping the film okay uh this is a tremendous opportunity i, I i'm ready to get in line and, and put my money down for this forthcoming film and i just wish people would get the heck off this lady's back Sticking with Star Wars for a moment, over on Apple Podcasts, we have created a uh, Fantastic Geek Star Wars channel where all of our Star Wars podcasts can be grouped together. Pete, I know that's been a feature for uh, a little while, um, but as I was under the hood fixing uh, some of our podcast feed issues, I 
saw on Apple Podcast. Oh, I had kind of started this process, never finished it. So I have to admit, Pete, as a as somebody who listens to a fair amount of podcasts uh, through Apple Podcasts, I don't really use the channel function there. So I would be interested to hear from listeners. Yes. Is this something that is useful to you now or are you maybe subscribed to all our stuff or get it all in the pop culture podcast feed is this something that you use for other podcasts because uh, it'd be pretty easy to do the star trek one the marvel one that you know like wh whatever it might be so um i would love some feedback there from our listeners how often you use that channel function there on apple podcasts yes please let us know and again you know your feedback what we hear from you helps to mold uh where we go with this thing but pete bringing things squarely here to what if a reminder that these episodes that we watched uh in the last week and a half uh the writing for some of them started as early as january 2020 um you know so on the one hand it's been in gestation for a long time i know that we've kind of wondered internally why so long in between seasons and what those factors were but i don't think that uh takes away in any degree the uh the fun that was what if season two you took the words right out of my mouth with uh former head writer now presumably off to be someplace as the mandated title of showrunner AC Bradley, Matt, um, you know, was posting uh, over the holidays here about this, that she's she's moved on. The last episode that she wrote uh, is one of the season three offerings, the one that there's a, a clip out there of. We're not going to worry about that episode today and, and don't want to potentially dip into something that could spoil somebody for season three whenever we might see it i get a feeling that's going to be 2025 um but i think the amount of talk the amount of attention that these nine episodes in season two uh got you know certainly showed us that this is a viable show i've seen some people attempt to say season three is it i've i've not seen that um you know, definitively anywhere. But then again, we never got a formal season three announcement. I would add to it. It was, it, it's interesting. You know, we, we know how long it takes to produce animation and so forth. And the notion that AC Bradley was, or rather stopped working on this show, October, 2020, um, but has been promoting it with her enthusiasm. There's probably also a contractual, uh, end to it but i i don't doubt her her joy in this show um here's my point beat just the notion that the show for season three and i guess disney in general has done without this um emmy winning television writer um a mom a female producer all of that um Look, I'm not saying that What If is the most groundbreaking storytelling ever seen, you know, with the eyes of humanity, but I kind of feel like how how did they let AC Bradley out of the fold, whether it was for What If season three? Okay, fine. She left What If to then help out on Ms. Marvel, but kind of no no major news since then. Like I again, this is not the most amazing writing I've ever seen, but this is a smart lady who's won an Emmy for her writing. Um, 
talking about the Troll Hunters Tales of Arcadia, but an Emmy nonetheless. Uh, and I don't know how she I don't know how she has left Disney or how Disney has let her walk out. Well, I, I think part of it might be the industry situation as far as, you know, what Disney in particular, Marvel, Star Wars has skirted with uh, show running uh, titles and responsibilities and, and stuff like that. Um, what she's crafted here very clearly scratched an itch in this time it's had over the holidays. I mean, there were, there were few things as talked about in entertainment as much as what if was, uh, at the holidays. Okay. You had a couple of movies, uh, that people are going on about. All right. Uh, most of the streaming stuff, um, you know, but in a, in a universally, uh, praised way, just did a, a tremendous job with this and uh you know i'm sure it's gonna land probably already has and and just can't talk about it just yet on her feet and you know gainfully employed and uh hopefully with the uh the right responsibilities as again the wgea uh show runner Reflecting on this uh, second season here, and, and again, it's interesting to do so with uh, you know those nine episodes in nine days and so forth. I feel like let's start with that first episode. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? I feel like uh, though I have not gone back and rewatched it since we podcasted it, I feel like the um, the kind of you know Blade Runner esque kind of grit and malaise to the world that it presents. I feel like that has aged well in my mind. And I, and I appreciate that they went for something different. And, you know, many of the episodes are fun and, and overall upbeat and so forth, but kind of that first episode is the least spandex superhero comes in to save the day. And, you know, I like the kind of, I like that they went for it. Yeah. The noir is timeless and uh, such a, literally a world weary Xandar, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. for as much as AC Bradley talked about, Hey, when we wrote season two between January and October of 2020 amid lockdowns and protests and a presidential election that they wanted to make the show, their sanctuary. That's the most like 2020 episode that we have. I mean, just swap out Xandar for Earth, right? Yeah, and are you are you further proposing that perhaps that was the, you know, because let's not forget, there's a season two episode that would have come out in season one but was not ready. So God, I don't believe it was that one. No, I think it was the one that um, the Hydra Stomper, the second Hydra Stomper one. Okay, then you know what? If that if that's the case, I think it's better having the Hydra Stomper episode in this season, just because there is that sense of, um, there's that sense of momentum, which might sound counter, especially since I'm the guy who has said, wait time is an issue. And studios, I think are underestimating that once upon a time, you'd wait three years for a star Wars, but with the crowded landscape, you got to move quicker now, blah, 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 blah. I feel like this was a nice, like, Oh, we're returning to that most iconic uh, or some of the most iconic storytelling from season one. So 
if that's indeed the one, good job, the show. Yeah, and two things. One, that people are all up in arms. How dare you keep returning over and over again to to Captain Carter? More on that in a second. And, you know, our fear that this nine-episode second season boom, here's, you know, everything over nine days was going to be a burnoff. It was, it was anything but. Yeah. And, um, I'll return to something that I've periodically observed on the podcasts, you know, in the last six months or so, which is let's be mindful of the fact that the way, uh, viewership numbers gets reported now is kind of, um, minutes viewed in, a time frame. So whether it's a week or a month, um, I, I mean, both are reported, but there is something to be said. I mean, my goodness, Pete, the bear did. I don't remember if that was all at once or successive nights it might've been all at once. But again, my point is they, they FX, uh, Disney dropped the bear season two to carpet bomb. I mean, obviously to reward viewers that enjoyed that amazing season, but also to carpet bomb, not just the conversation space, but also to try and sit and go the number one show of the week or, you know, things like that to see what you could really do with people watching all of it in a week, that sort of thing. So a bit more spread out here than all at once, but I don't want to say they're trying to goose the numbers. They're trying to get maximum bounce off the numbers the same way, you know, when you have a really, really, really great movie that you think uh, all sorts of people are going to go see you release it in the summer. And if you have a movie where you're like, oh, this kind of didn't turn out the way we thought, you release it in January. Like, th those are just release facts there. P.S., if you didn't know that, stinkers get released in January. Um, so it's just, you know, how they released it was a way to maximize buzz and maximize accolades. And I think they really did. And to come back to Captain Carter here, Matt, the audacity that across 18 episodes to this point, she is in five of them. How dare they? Uh, it's what was most telling was seeing people on Twitter, you know, with screen caps um, in that finale where uh, she and Kahori have, you know, all the gear from so many Marvel heroes. And it was like, what is this? Um, It's a thing that gets explained within the episode. And if you're, First of all, it's what if, so they can mess with the, the, they can mess with the status <laughs> like, quo all they want. But if, do you understand the premise, bro? <laughs> okay. And then, all right, you know, that finale's a little madcap. Okay. Let's not pretend that probably 1602 is the, the climax of the season and, you know, the finale, which was still entertaining. Uh, the denouement, all right, but like, yeah, we, we need to calm down. And as if the 31,000 plus impressions I received on one tweet about these clowns getting all out of joint, uh, again, because an engaging character like Captain Carter, uh, who's seen life on both ends animated and live action um you know has has gotten her due and they're really bothered about it i mean in in the words simply of some of our uh you know listeners good 
<laughs> um, reflecting on some of these other episodes here, I feel like in my, I'll say memory again, it's within the last two weeks that all these episodes hit, but I feel like the, the young Peter Quill episode, maybe that has faded most quickly. And I think that's because, uh, look, I don't know in what order stuff was written or pitched or, you know, especially being animation, it's probably a back and forth. Hey, we have an idea. Who can we get? And I want to highlight that because I think that that, um, you know, that idea of of the early Avengers, if you will, though they're not called that in the episode. I think it was a case that you can get all these actors. Therefore, yes, let's green light the story pitch or the story treatment, you know, or whatever it is. Yes, let's go ahead with it. As opposed to, you know, in my mind, it's not it's not the strongest story of the nine, um, nor the most provocative. It's just like, hey, we got a bunch of those people who play the real people, and now they're in this aces. I think it was another highlight. Um, it's one that's definitely stuck with me. <clears throat> it is a non Captain Carter, uh, Peggy Carter story, but she's not the lead there. So, you know, people aren't seemingly as, as bothered about it. Um, and I really like what it, it sets up for further adventures again, to, to get Michael Douglas and Kurt Russell, who we never got together in a movie to both, uh, voice this, uh, animated presentation. Yeah. Chef's kiss, baby. Looking at this list of episodes, I mean, it's slightly deja vu in terms of you can now look back and say it really is in the second half of the season and the final third of the season where the momentum of the season starts to pick up and come together and so forth. I know I was a little down on the Happy Hogan Christmas episode. Again, kind of in in the rearview mirror, um, a, a perfectly fun episode. And if you can get more John Favreau, why not? Um, ditto for Jeff Goldblum back as Grandmaster. Um, I, I even think too, I know it's not Robert Downey Jr. in, um, in that episode. It is Mick Wingert. Um, yes. Mick Wingert does a good, does a good Tony Stark there. Fun, high and, energy and Tony Stark. It more than Captain Carter, but Matt, no one's, you know, come forward to be angry about that. <laughs> um, I know we talked in, in the dedicated, uh, episode, uh, to to what if Kahori reshaped the world, you know, a really, I don't want to say it's the vegetables that you have to eat, it, a different offering and one that was one that was super welcome, ends up playing a larger role in the in the season as a whole. And I feel like it's it's win win there. And seems to certainly be indications that not just Kahori, but some of uh, her cohorts will continue on uh, for season three. So, you know, you kick open that door and the continued representation and inclusion is important. And remember to probably in about a week, Matt, uh, when we're sitting down to watch and then podcast the the first couple echoes, I think there'll be echoes of Kahori. Um, Towards the end of the season here, the, I still feel a little, um, a little, I don't know, merely whelmed, Pete, with the "What if Hella found the Ten Rings?" Um, and again, I'm not sure why. I, it, it's it's a bit of a 
copy of its source material, but so are a number of these stories. Certainly when we get to the final two, which I know we had uh, you know, done together on the podcast, the 1602 episode has its strength, the finale, a ton of fun, a great capper for nine days of story here. And uh, of course, you know, the news that there's more on the way. I hope it's not 2025, but you're you're probably right, spoiler Pete. I, I think they're gonna time it with one of the movies that's due then. Um, I really liked the Hella centric episode. Uh, love the way that they returned to the Shang-Chi end of the universe, albeit via the multiverse thought that was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, the captain Carter, Fighting the Hydra Stomper one, uh, something that was known in development as the Winter Widow, um, I thought was just a a really excellent use of characters. And and again, you know, people have have argued like, ah, you know, they're they're not making it enough like the the comic. What if I mean, no, you're supposed to take the MCU characters and you know, change a thing and see how that's going to affect the story. And I, I think they've done that so well. I can't really think of an out and out clunker across these two seasons so far. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, looking over the season two list right in front of me, I have some quibbles with a couple of them, but they're all, they're all interesting adventures. Even going back, I think, Season one, yeah, as we have previously discussed, A, had the benefit of kind of, you know, in that summer of 2021 as some normalcy is starting to return or some post-post-COVID mindset or whatever it is, kind of like, there are these dazzling stories to transport you from from, from the crazy world and so forth. Add to it the Chadwick Boseman factor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that made that an event. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. And, and- one that they would easily take back um, for more of him, obviously his untimely passage that you had the gift of his final uh, performance chronologically through that. And obviously it, it played a lot in terms of the sentiment that rewarded that with an Emmy. Um, But, you know, both times this show has come out, it, it's been timed pretty perfectly uh, to get that that real zeitgeist going. And, you know, though, on the one end, you know, on the I, I want me content ASAP and, you know, two years between seasons to me, I don't quite understand. I mean, fine, this is more complex animation let's say than a lower decks episode this is kind of you know fully i know it it appears to be 2d but it's that two and a half d it's that a lot of the you know 3d modeling that is now kind of being flattened to appear 2d and so forth a bit of the cell shade maybe exactly um whereas 10 episodes of lower decks a year for the last four years and one or two more uh and counting beyond that you know, there's a difference in animation style. Totally appreciate that. But do we need two years in between? Again, an animator can can set us straight on that. Flip side is, you know, when should this have come out? I mean, first of all, you have a Christmas episode. So, so you're somewhat 
are you going to release all of them together? Are you going to sit and go, here's your eight, and then save that happy Hogan one? But that's the season. I mean, come on. It's aping Die Hard, which yeah. was a summer movie. So, like, you really you could release it at, at any time. I agree with you. I mean, you, you are running the risk. Attention spans with everything that's out there much, much shorter. If, if you wait too long, uh, it's going to pass you by. A little bit over two years here for that. Let's let's hope it's not as long a break before we're seeing more of Captain Carter, Kahori, okay, uh, the rest of the gang. I, I want me some more uh, Loki too. I thought you know Hiddleston's work in in that sixteen oh two episode and just you know letting him eat it up was was a ton of fun. Well, Pete, let's go to the email inbox where Steve Adams has some thoughts about the season. He said this season was okay. Many episodes just fell a little flat for me. Episode 8, the 1602 episode, was just bonkers and probably my favorite. I was disappointed that we didn't get any more Stark uh, and Gamora's story. I enjoyed Nebula's episode as well. This whole show has essentially turned into a de facto Captain Carter series, and that's okay especially considering how Agent Carter got short shrift many years ago. Haley Atwell, yeah. <laughs> Atwell has been an absolute gem, even if she has only done voice work the last couple of years. I really hope to see her in live action somewhere soon. I thought season one was better overall, but I'm definitely down for a season three. I'm not counting on it happening, but we can hope. I'll be tuning into Echo in a couple of weeks, and I think that could be a real sleeper hit. Lord knows Marvel needs one right now. Uh, until then, stay fantastic. That's from Steve uh, Adams. And Pete, uh, I can tell Steve that you'll be able to see Haley Atwell on the big screen in Untitled Mission Impossible sequel coming out, I believe, next summer. It has been retitled because uh, the latest I don't one think didn't... it's 24. I think it's 25. These titles on the move, it's it's confusing, Pete. <laughs> but but whenever, whenever the sequel to what is currently titled Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Did you see Dead Reckoning yet? Uh, I have not. I, hello, I can we get not. it on streaming? I, I hear she's tremendous in it. I and... take that back. I'm looking at the poster. Yes, yeah, she's in it. So she's, she, when that hits streaming, Steve, you can see that right, <laughs> right now. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, I think we've looked through the lens here with with what if and the popularity of the character and whether it's a standalone film whether it's a secret wars which you know certainly they can mine this series and others like it uh for characters particularly as uh things have kind of changed for marvel on a variety of fronts um you know actors being fired um, you know, mass rewrites of tentpole movies announced several years ahead of time. Um, it was bound to happen at some point. Let's let's pretend that this was going to continue as it had gangbusters forever. Um, but what if is showing us it it can still be pretty darn fun. And certainly, this whole outing here for the two seasons of what if and more to come has been made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek so thank you as always for keeping us listener supported dear patrons particularly as we had some tech hiccups and then you know some bills due there at the end of the year um but the beauty of that is 
uh, Patreon, you place the value on the the product. Um, so you get yourself over there. It takes just a dollar to get in the door. A lot of times we will make uh, some posts free so that you can check some things out and maybe you see something else you like that you'd like to pay for. And Pete, as we officially start to turn our attention towards uh, the Echo series, how can people be in touch with you on social media to talk about Marvel? You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on threads. You can find me on Blue Sky at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,600 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantastic.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and threads where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the P and the H like it today. We will certainly update the What If feed as news about the continuing season uh, comes out uh, over in the Pop Culture Podcast feed and the Echo feed. On this Saturday, January 6th, we'll be doing our final preview for Echo ahead of its all-at-once drop. Pete, it's one of these timed ones. It's going to be 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, at least in these United States. Um, and we'll be digging into the first two episodes on January 12th, uh, the next two on the 14th, the final one on the 16th. So really looking forward to that. And with that, Pete, I'll say adios to all our listeners and give you the final season two what-if word. Talk to you soon.